Hey gang, that's Holly. And that's Brooke. And this is the Macabcast. And I'm Nikon. Episode 11. Welcome. We're back. It's actually, if we count the separated episodes, I think it's episode 15. Yeah, I, I haven't really been keeping track of the ones that we do two-parters yeah, me on. me too. I just me know too. that we keep accidentally doing them every other. Yeah, we noticed that afterwards. <laughs> it's like subliminal. <laughs> Shall we just... Oh, oh, we need to do some corrections on last week's episode. Um, first of all, we do know that there is a weird 20-second gap of silence on the end of yeah. the first part. Thanks, Sandra, for pointing it out to me only a couple hours after we posted it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we know we know that it's there. We're not probably going to go back and fix it just because it's... It's right at the end of the episode. And it's also, so it's it not. adds character. Yeah, we're not perfect. Wait, is it like after no. the outro music? No, it's before the outro music. Oh. It's yeah. cursed. Oops. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine, Nikon, don't worry about it. We're human, we make mistakes. Did you mistakes. not tell Nikon? Oh, no, I must not have. <laughs> yeah, live reaction. Listen, well, this I week, texted you. I know, but it was... I should have texted you. You texted me on Monday, which is the day that I oh, got a flat tire. So I started to be a little preoccupied with something yeah, else. That's so <laughs> we've had a week. <laughs> like, this has been such a shit week. Yeah, it has. It's been <sighs> trash. But we're here, and um, we have one more correction as well, because, again, we are human, and we appreciate the corrections, and... I, part- I particularly liked the way this one was pointed out to us. Yeah. I'll pull it up, but you can say what it is, Holly. Yeah, so we did, we were, last week we were talking about a particular poem um, because Brooke had mentioned Sir Walter Raleigh, mm-hmm. and um, we had we had erroneously been like, oh, is that the person who wrote that poem about the common effing post? Um, it is not. We were dumb. We were we were wrong. It's been a few years since we were in... A few? Holly, it's been almost seven years. <laughs> it's been like seven years since we took that class, and we were going based on memory, so you can't fault yeah. us too much, but who is who's the actual author? So, I, we should have looked up the name of that poem, but um, it's the second Earl of Rochester. We know him as Rochester, which is why we confused oh, it with Raleigh, Raleigh. Yeah. but okay. his name is John Wilmot, but we know him. People know Rochester. him as Rochester. Okay. Great. And he's a he's gross. <laughs> yeah, but so we we did mix up those names a little bit, but it's fine. Again, we're human, and our memories can only hold so much. Exactly. That the trainer very um, kindly pointed it out to us. Yeah. Uh, oops, I just hit my mic. I'm so sorry. Uh, trainer pointed it out to us at 5 p.m. the day that we posted. <laughs> Which, thank you for people and, like, listening immediately, I, I guess. I know, you guys are all really kind. It's so funny. Aw, yeah. But that's okay. Nothing crazy. No, nothing crazy. Just just some some little, um, <laughs> some little fixes. So those are corrections for the week? Yes, that's it. Um, and then, what else do we have going on? Um, that's all. I, I was just going to say, let's announce what we're gonna do and then rock Rochambeau you know yeah that's right uh do you want to go first for announcing sure um I will be talking about Paris Green and the hodgepodge of knowledge that goes around it excellent it's all very hodgepodge 
I'm very excited for this one. <laughs> um, mine is going to be the shipwreck of the Batavia. So basically, a little teaser, think combination shipwreck and cult. So exciting. Yeah. So <sighs> mine is going to have a lot of um, like body horror. <laughs> Yeah, also a warning on mine for this one, Um, and I'm going to try and remember to do this warning before I start talking about mine as well, but uh, mine will have a lot of references to to sexual assault and to murder and, um, like, general, general mayhem and manipulation. Right. Cruelty. Yeah. Some, like, really intense cruelty. Yeah. Um, so, just as a warning. On yeah. That. Mine is basically, like, nothing compared to that, because I'm just going to be describing, like, symptoms. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, nonetheless, there's going to be some, like, gross stuff. body yeah. descriptions. Just a couple. Yeah. Okay. So, um, let's... So, this time we're not going to mess it up. Because I'm, Holly forgot how to rock, paper, scissors No, last I time. didn't forget how. We just did it a different way than this we usually time do it. I'll say rock, paper, scissors, Also, okay? and then are we going on scissors or are we going after scissors? What do you want? You sound so annoyed with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of laying into it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm fine, though. <laughs> I have a comment. Uh I think that we keep incepting ourselves to do scissors because we're doing it on scissors. Okay, so rock, paper, scissors, and then... Shoot. Okay. Because that's, I think, why we keep... Well, that's why I think you keep incepting yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still going to incept myself. I know, but but I think it's a good try. I think that that's what's happening. Okay. Are you capable? I will... Yes, now that I have it in my head, I would do it. (laughs) Because what we cut out of the last episode was, I we, think, three separate yeah, tries. Yeah, we had to try it multiple because times. Because I completed the challenge, but Holly, every <laughs> single time, was like, what? What? <laughs> what are you doing? And we were like, hang rock, paper, scissors. Like, I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> well, the first one, they didn't say rock, paper, scissors. They just went one, two, three. And I was like, oh, we're waiting one, two, three, and then we're going to go on rock, paper, scissors. Whoever does that. <laughs> I don't know. One, two, three, rock, paper, scissors. I don't know. I thought you were just being weird about it. <laughs> I was giving you a count off before I started rock. <laughs> we digress because Holly... I don't want to make fun of you too much, but <laughs> God, I swear I'm smart. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot is fine with me. Okay. Okay. I'm okay. ready. Everyone ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. <gasps> we have a tie rock to rock. Another round. Players ready? Yes. Yes. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. <gasps> oh, no. Another tie. Scissors, scissors. Round three, rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, oh Brooke wins. Paper it. on rock. Let's go. This actually works out well because I was just thinking about how paper beating rock makes no fucking sense. It covers it up. Yeah. You just throw the rock at the paper Covered and break it. Don't you, you can't, know you that can't throw a rock covered in paper? Don't you know that rocks, rocks don't suffocate? No, rocks are sun activated. Don't you know? Oh yeah. Don't you know? Don't you know? Photosynthesis in the rock? <laughs> I want to go first. Okay. okay. Obviously, because I just want to be cozy and listen when, when it's your turn <laughs> at the end. The meta has been established. 
Okay. Sources for today. So many. So many. Excellent. So I'm just going to say the ones that I, like, actually used. I read a lot of things. Yeah. (laughs) Just give us the, like, rundown. Obviously, Wikipedia for different types of things. Science Direct. Also, the Fine Art Collective website. An Esquire article. A Racked article. Uncanny Magazine article. That one was really cool. Also, there was an article on Atlas Obscura. I love that website. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was specifically... I'm going to read you the title of it because I think it's interesting. That This is actually why, like, <laughs> I have a whole section of my research that is totally random, but it's because of this... <laughs> Excellent. This article that's called How a Library Handles a Rare and Deadly Book of Wallpaper Samples. I need to know more. Yeah. <laughs> so... I have so many questions. I will that. talk about that at the end. Because it's just kind of, I just thought it was kind of interesting. It has to do with what I'm going to talk about, but it's not like directly (laughs) related. It's more like what's happening now. But I'm going to be talking about Paris Green. Uh, So I want to kind of take you on a journey. Set the scene for a second. I'm ready. Picture, you know, like a delightful evening Mm -hmm. in 1864. Mm, So not delightful. Well, for these people it was. Okay. Uh, Empress Eugenie, Mm -hmm. dressed and headed to the Paris Opera. Mm -hmm. Sounds so nice. Her dress was a unique deep green color, which was so breathtaking, it made headlines in the papers the following morning. I mean, I understand. Deep green is a great color. It's gorgeous. Oh, heavens. The color was Paris green. And it was known as the color of the socially elite. Mm. Opera, etc. Yeah. If you were anyone during the 19th century, you wore Paris green and displayed it in your home. Mm-hmm. No matter what. It's safe to say that high society was marked by living and breathing mm-hmm. Paris green. Okay. Living and breathing, this color would soon prove deadly. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> As workers handling the pigment, people donning it on their bodies, Mm -hmm. and people enjoying it in their homes, i.e. wallpaper, carpets, started falling deathly ill and dying around this time. Lovely. Mm. Surprisingly, this actually wouldn't come to much of a surprise to the people of the 19th century, um, because it was well known that the only thing that could produce such a beautiful shade of green was arsenic and copper compounds combined. They knew this, and they did it anyways. Did everyone consuming it know it? Consuming? Consuming it. Like, as as consumers of the products. Yes. Yes. Okay. Remember, this is 1864. They knew at this time. Okay. It was deadly. Okay. Now... Those of you who are listening can go to our Instagram and see a picture of the dress. I will show them now. Oh. Mm. That it's is pretty good, rad. Yeah, that is a good color. It looks like a bucket of paint. I'm being sarcastic. Anyways. Uh, it's also not a bucket of paint. How dare you? <laughs> oh. um, 
if you look at the picture, you can tell, and this is part of the reason why it was so popular, at this time, uh, things were being switched out as far as lighting in public areas to gas lamps, and the low lighting cast shadows and light onto the dress, and it would reflect really nicely. Okay. So her showing up to the opera in this gorgeous gown in the low light and all of that was like very choice of her nice anyways i just wanted you to picture that nice thing before it gets ruined of course yeah well it was already ruined (laughs) (laughs) so other names for this are schweinfurt green Mm -hmm. emerald green vienna green imperial green Mm -hmm. and arsenic green oh which is what i've known it as straight to the point Yeah. yeah because i've always heard about like the arsenic green poisonings happening in Victorian England. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know until doing this research actually that it was called Paris Green, and we'll talk yeah. about why. But those are some other names. Oh, I thought Paris Green was someone's name. No. I can't tell. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes. I never heard of this. I, I know. thought you were joking. Because I always talk in a flat tone when I say jokes too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well. This will all be new to Nikon, and that's great. True. This is a piece of history that I've always found really fascinating. This yeah. is actually one of the first things I put on my list. Oh, yeah. This was, like, one of the original ideas for how we were deciding, like, what to... What different things we could talk yeah, about. Yeah, like, what to theme the podcast around, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Because I just think this is so fascinating. So what is Paris Green? Nikon might be wondering. Apparently it's not a person. That's not a person. Paris Green is a highly toxic, inorganic compound in the pretty package of an emerald emerald green powder. So there's also a picture on the Instagram of a can. It's not a paint can. It's powdered. That's how they they like wet it down into a paste, and that's how they die with it. Uh, Throughout history, it has been used as an active poison, and it surprisingly (laughs) was also, of course, a popular pigment ranging from a pale bluish green color when finely ground, but then darker green when it was coarsely ground. Okay. Has something to do with the way that they steeped it. Yeah. Um, you know, to wet the fabric with it. Um, but nonetheless, it was a green like any, unlike any other. Yeah. Like what I said. It was reflective. It, it was often said to have like a jewel-like tone which is why it was Mm -hmm. often referred to as emerald green yeah uh and greens green dyes that existed prior to this always held a tinge of brown instead of that kind of lustrous like blue green color okay Mm. so every like all the other greens that they'd ever had were like a brownish green and they would actually corrode over time oh okay which if you think about like greenish pigments in natural things like copper is a it's a form of corrosion yeah Yeah. so it's kind of interesting scientifically to think about not that i'm a sciencey person but you know but it's still cool it's a cool thing but back in 1814 Mm -hmm. so prior to when the empress waltzed in in that beautiful dress in 1814 two chemists russ and sattler at wilhelm dye and white lead company oh so there he he, there's the other culprit lead okay (laughs) in schweinfurt bavaria created Uh, quote emerald green by combining copper acetate and arsenic trioxide why Mm -hmm. did they do this yeah well they were attempting to create a competitive pigment to the already very popular shells green i think it's pronounced okay uh is it like an ef 
at the end? It's S C H E E L E apostrophe S. Okay. Never so mind. it might be Shields. Yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm mixing I'm not it sure. up with a different word. Yeah. I was thinking of Seychelles, which is completely, completely different. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Shield or Shells Green is more of an olivey green, kind of like what I was mentioning with the with the brown tinge. Yeah. Uh, and it, the problem with it is they were making this competitive option because Shell's green was becoming more unpopular because over time it was darkening and turning brown on clothing, oh. on other things. Okay. You know, wallpaper, hats, all kinds of stuff. It wasn't a long-lasting pigment, and so people were unhappy with it over time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bad return on investment. I wrote here, which is obviously not ideal for the sexy pre-Victorian community. No, of course not. It's not. Because the the Victorian community was very sexy. Yeah. And by sexy, I mean they were also just, like, dying all the time. Yeah. Well, There's we, something sexy about that. We also all know that the gays <laughs> love green, so. That's so true. Mm. true. I just thought of Oscar Wilde. <laughs> Gay as hell. Anyways. Mm. <laughs> Shields Green was very popular at the time, but it was starting to go kind of out of fashion, especially because it was more natural toned. And people were looking for a little more zhuzh, you know? Yeah. They wanted to be spicy. Yeah. They wanted to look amazing. <laughs> Let's see. Well, Shell Screen um, also, I will say, was also toxic. Oh. So they didn't clearly learn anything from this situation. Well, no. I mean, if you're, if you're creating something to compete, you also need to make it more toxic than your competitor. Oh, they did, So that you're too. better in every way. They, they were like, hmm... Maybe we just make it, like, hurt more. Yeah, that's what they're competing for, so. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> In 1822, they officially published the recipe, so almost eight years later, about. Um, yeah. They were like, here you go. Yeah. Here's some arsenic. It's beautiful. And everyone was like, thank you. The rats love it. <laughs> and publicly, it was undeniably toxic. People knew when it was released... They were like, hey, this is great. Let's put it on everything, including our bodies. We know it's toxic. I just don't... I don't like that. (laughs) I will say what people didn't understand... Well... Okay. I'll say it the way that I wrote it, because this is better. I was going to be I was gonna be spicy, but it's fine. Okay. So arsenic at the time was very well known as a consumable poison, and it was actually nicknamed in Britain inheritance powder, as it was often used as a method to murder, quote, elderly ants with fortunes. Oh. <laughs> this was just a common need. There's actually yeah. a great play called Arsenic and Old Lace. It's about two old women who lure other old people into their home mm-hmm. at, like, saying that they, like, have a place for them to stay and they're, like, being so helpful for these, like, older people who need, like, other old people who need, like, a place to live and mm-hmm. they kill them with arsenic and bury them in the basement. Oh, my gosh. It's such a good play. I, I really wanted to do it when I was in high school, but we didn't. It, it's But they so don't fun. bake them into pies, do they? They do not. Oh, okay. I don't think so. I don't know. I've never seen and that. And no haircuts are involved. I'm just talking about Sweeney Todd anyway. Oh, Sweeney Todd. Oh my god, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I was going to be like, is it old lady Sweeney no. Todd? Oh, but Sweeney Todd, I remember, know. Yeah. we're going. Anyways. I digress. <laughs> so, inheritance powder. They knew that it was poison, but they 
are stupid and they were like oh it's only if we eat it I guess I can see that logic from this time period I can kind of see it but you would think that they had kind of figured out like touchy inside body bad touchy outside body bad yeah you would think so but I mean there are are, there are things that like you can touch on the outside of your body and have it be fine but if you consume it you're gonna die there's a lot of things like that okay true but I don't think they had like that type of evidence to base it off of yeah that's true they were just like if I'm not eating it it's fine (laughs) if I don't put it in my body then nothing can hurt me yeah I also (laughs) don't think they had a very like strong conception at least the public didn't of how particles exist in the air yeah that makes Um, sense we'll we'll talk a little bit about how that effect happens uh when I talk about the situation when it was in people's homes uh but like I said people knew people knew yeah even when it first came out in 1822 yeah they were like this is fun. This is poison. Fun time poison. Just don't lick the dress. No, just don't lick it. <laughs> what if you want to test the material? Obviously, you just test it without licking it. Yeah, you just, you just test it. That's ableist. <laughs> People without tongues. <laughs> <laughs> no, how can you perfectly assess the texture without licking it? Anyways. Your wallpaper? This is... I'm done with this bit. Let's move on, please. Okay, okay, okay. Nikon's bit aside, they loved this green when it came out. They Mm. were like, let's put this shit on everything. Excellent. They were like, emerald green, Paris green, walls, carpet, bags, hats, dresses, fake flowers, art. Amazing pantyhose probably who the fuck knows you know like so much stuff i i actually i skipped this funny comment i wrote that just said little did russ and sattler know this creation was the beginning of a long painful and hairless future for humanity (laughs) oh no oh no (laughs) and it's written but like only hairless is capitalized like the whole word hairless (laughs) Uh, so I'm going to talk a lot about Victorians in this context, mm-hmm. mostly because they didn't learn the lesson fast enough. Okay. But France and Germany did eventually learn their lesson and they started kind of banning it. Yeah. But most of Europe was like in a chokehold of Paris green. Yeah. You know, especially when it first came out. But I, I'm going to talk a lot about England just specifically because they were like, I, I don't learn from mistakes. No. Which... Classic England. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> so you might be wondering, what does it look like when you've been poisoned with arsenic? Hmm. Hmm, let's talk about it. This might be kind of gross for people who don't like body things. First, it presents with the obvious external issues. Okay. Red, swollen skin. Mm-hmm. Changes in skin like lesions, bumps, and ulcers. Mm-hmm. Nice. Darkening of pallor, developing a greenish tinge in your softer tissues. Oh, no. Similar to how you go yellow from jaundice. Yeah. Kind of, you would just kind of look... Green. Not even. Well, sometimes. But, like, you would just... You're, you would look so, like, emaciated, like, hollow, yeah. kind of. You would yeah. get this, like, grayish, greenish tinge to your skin. Hair loss. 
Hmm. Also very common. There are actually stories about uh, women who wore fancy hats dyed in this color and how they would just be bald from the hat line up. Oh. And then they would have hair below it. Oh no. oh, no. Because, like, they would go bald on the parts of their head that, the, that it was that touching. It would, yeah. So they got the cue ball balding pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. And it was not in fashion to look like that. <laughs> it was not in fashion. Has it ever been in fashion? And then, of course, when they went completely bald, then it was just touching their skin. Oh, on no. their brain. Oh, no. So that's fun. But, uh, you know, I digress. Uh, also, blindness, apparently. Oh. I don't know what the connection was for that. I only saw a couple reports of that. But it's possible. Um, apparently in animals, it also caused paralysis. Oh. There was a really gross thing I read about pigs. Why were the pigs near it? Well, it was also used as an insecticide. And, you know, royal pigs. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. It's fine. Everyone who's freaking out, guys, listen. It's fine. Gang, it's fine. Insecticide. Fine. Let's okay. spray it everywhere. Nikon, I'm sorry I hit your foot. You're well, fine. I'm just wondering why they felt like it was okay to use it as an insecticide. And also why hey. they felt like it was okay you to know, then put hey. on their bodies See, if it's also like, used as an insecticide. I, <laughs> I think they were like, I'm big human, I strong. I stronger Tiny than bug. bug is small, must I? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was also just going to say, this is why I was on my phone a bunch right now, is I wanted to make sure I was actually matching up times correctly. But I don't know if you guys are familiar with humoralism, which is like the... Oh, the... Like, like four bios in your humors. body. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the four humors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the four humors. That didn't go out of fashion until 1858. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so, okay. like, people are not the best with the science That's fair. and But health. at the same time, people were, the public wasn't. That's true. Okay. True. Okay. And you know, like, if these also, are the rich people, I then mean, they, they should, yeah. yeah. To be fair, there were also people in 2020 being like, you should drink bleach to cure yourself from <laughs> people, COVID. So. People. Yeah. Sorry. Let's just put a big bubble around the word people. That was funny. Certain there individuals. Were, there were people. people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways. Let's, let's, um, let's talk about the internal issues. That okay. you can develop from this. So many. Nikon is cringing. Oh, I'm just preparing Nikon myself. doesn't like body horror. This top one is relatable. <laughs> and yet I also do, and that's the problem. I know. Yeah. Well, Nikon, this one's relatable. This this first one for both of us. Persistent digestive issues. Oh, no. <laughs> relatable. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> Constant sore throat. Oh. Abdominal pain. <laughs> this is just all of Nikon's symptoms. <laughs> Are you being poisoned with arsenic? Holly, okay. are you poisoning I mean, my building? Yeah, your building <laughs> It wouldn't be arsenic. It would be, like, lead. Lead, lead asbestos. and asbestos. I mean, I don't know what's up with my basement, but it's not good. Yeah. You're I just remembered your basement. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Nausea and vomiting. Okay. Diarrhea. Hmm. Abnormal heart rhythm. Okay. Muscle cramps. Tingling in your extremities. Oh, no. Specifically in your fingers and your hands, wrist down. Oh, yeah, and death. Oh, (laughs) oh, yeah. That one. (laughs) So, Brooke, you're telling me that you can die from this die. Hey, you know. (laughs) Also, I compiled a list... Sorry, that no. should be that should be your your tag for this episode. <laughs> Deadly die. Deadly die. 
deadly die. It's true. I've been waiting to make that joke. <laughs> These are kind of toss out things that could be linked, but were not, not weren't necessarily common. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listed the types of cancers you could potentially get due to long exposure. All of them. Uh, yeah, pretty much. So bladder cancer, blood cancer, digestive system cancer, liver cancer, lung cancer, lymphatic system cancer, kidney cancer, skin cancer, and mm. reproductive cancers. Wow, that really is all of them. Yeah, That's... so I would say that the most common, of course, was liver and lung cancer. Um, Breast cancer is not on the list. That's true. That's true. Neither I mean, is bone sure. cancer. Yeah, bone marrow cancer. Yeah. That's n- that's blood. Oh, is that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. What's the name for it? Do you know I'm talking? I feel really bad. Oh, because leukemia, right? Leukemia. Yeah. 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 Because I know someone who survived that, and oh. they were saved from umbilical cord blood. So if you're a person who's giving birth to a child donate your umbilical cord because it could save someone's life nice yeah it's really cool yeah. and people don't donate their cord very much yeah because it, it's the stem cells in it mm-hmm. right okay yeah. so don't some people eat some it? baby no that's the that's placenta, the placenta. Uh, okay anyways yeah we don't need to talk about it right now <laughs> i do plan on doing a birthing horror stories episode so yes okay yeah. can i talk about the thing then the, the yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this story. Okay. But that's for a later date. Another I might, not have, might have to step out for that one. I know. <laughs> Nikon just hits record and leaves. Literally. <laughs> Goes like, plays Switch in my bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> Puts on noise-canceling headphones. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I also made a list of other complications that could be linked to it. They're kind of obvious. Neurotoxicity. Mm heart disease and they actually also were known it, they it was known to cause fetal complications and birth defects as well that makes sense yeah, yeah. some weird fucking babies oh no <laughs> so despite the poisonous ingredient Paris green was used in a myriad of things uh, especially things people exposed themselves to daily uh, I made another fun l- kind of list, but first I'm going to talk about its uses as an insecticide because they literally used the poison as a poison, and then they were like, let's put it on a dress and wear it. Because that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in 1867, Paris Green was discovered as a highly effective insect- insecticide against the Colorado potato beetle. Okay. Here. All right. Interesting. Farmers in the Midwest started using it heavily on their food crops, and despite its poisonous quality, it quickly became the most preferred method for controlling beetle infestations worldwide. Wouldn't you also then be consuming arsenic when you consume the pr- yes. the food? Yes. It took them a little while to figure that out. That should be thought number one. Yeah, people aren't very smart. That if, it, if, it, if you spray it on the food, you will then consume it. No, because they were like... If I spray it on dress, I put on dress, it's okay. Well, that I kind of get, but you're spraying it on your food directly, and then you're eating the food. What, Listen. What do you think is going to happen? Listen. What? It sounds like there's a lot of copium going on here for wanting <laughs> yeah. this green. However, you can have it and not worrying about the consequences. That's, you know, it's fair. Yep. I hate it. Yeah, I hate it too. During World War II... Uh, 
Italy thought, wow, this is the perfect thing to stop our malaria issue. So they, of course, sprayed it in um, by airplane over oh. top of uh, Sardinia and Corsica. Oh, my God. So, so they just, like, went full Agent Orange with that and, like... Yeah, they, like, literally airborne sprayed it God. over these areas. They often mixed the pigment with road dust and then would spray and spread it over local streams and ponds, which were breeding sites for mosquitoes. So I understand the logic there. But it's also but then s- it's like, streams and ponds. Is that a source of yeah. water? Exactly. And even if it's not directly the source of water, all that water fucking connects. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or like fish in the water, you or know? Or your animals that are existing here mm-hmm. drinking that water. I just think that Italy gassing their own people... <laughs> Yeah. Fucking I nuts. I will I will you know I will say a plane with like a beautiful cloud of green coming out of it kind of dope yeah but the the death <laughs> it's not for me sorry I'm just like it just would look like the plane farted really bad well I mean have you never seen like a crop dusting no I know but I'm just like if it was like you know green I'd be like yeah I guess Ooh. so the green well it's not that color though it's not the like pilot um, really yeah but that would be like shells yeah, that's brown true. Green. it would be like a lighter one too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. jeez Nikon well, uh, you know, here's just a little tidbit, too. How did it get its uh, nice name, Paris Green? It was created in Paris. No, I told you it was I created know. in Paris. <laughs> the Eiffel Tower? Um, actually, it was commonly used to maintain the rat population in the Parisian sewers. <laughs> the rats oh. don't run this city. <laughs> Paris Green does. <laughs> it did, too. It fucking did, too. <laughs> So, you know, aside from insecticides, it was also used as a painter's medium. Okay. Obviously, that kind of makes sense. That seems like the only okay use for this. It's not, though, still, because, like, runoff. Oh, that's true. Yeah, like, there's, yeah. like, the when whole you're, thing. Like, when you're actually using it. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even when it's dry, if any flaking off happens, it yeah. goes airborne. Yeah. Okay. I take yeah. it back. Namely, some paintings that are very famous that we know of. Oh. So, actually, many of the Impressionists themselves and Post-Impressionists used the pigment in their paintings Monet, oh. Cezanne. <gasps> I love Cezanne. And Van Gogh. Oh. All. Okay. Used it. Yeah. And this kind of goes hand in hand with that discussion about how painters would hold their paintbrush in their mouth the lead oh, paint remember yeah. that mm-hmm. same situation yeah the painters were just getting poisoned left and right plus why some... do you think that shit looked fucking wild well plus some of those painters were probably using mummy brown yeah. paint with mummy in it mm-hmm. oh no it all comes full circle mm-hmm. <laughs> mummy brown episode one baby let's go we've got mummy brown we've got mummy paint we've got arsenic paint we, lead paint. We've got lead paint. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, too, I think it's, like, a different time period, but, like, also, like, painters in general, like, the stuff they'd, like, prime their canvases with. Oh, yeah. With all the toxic fumes and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's a rough time. No wonder all of the painters kind of had some issues. I mean... What are you talking about? I think well-adjusted people do cut off their ears. Well, yeah. I'd do that... At least once a week. I was just thinking about that that, that painting of Two Van Gogh. Two times total. <laughs> no. You know the portrait of Van Gogh where his like ear is gone, and yeah. then he's like laying in bed and he's like screaming, he's like crying. 
Have you seen that meme that's like, I thought he was just laughing at his phone in bed? <laughs> I it have, looks yes. just like it. Oh, no. It's so funny, but it's not, because Van Gogh is very sad. Yeah. Tell me time travel isn't real. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> it was also used in home furnishings. I know. For what? Sorry, this is, I'm, we're going to cut this. This is a bad joke Holly's dad always makes. They like to get me all riled up about how... They're like, mirrors, it's time travel, because that's you from the past, because light travels. And then I'm like, that's not how that works. And then they're like, it's, it's time travel. And then I'm like, you're an idiot. Your dad? Yeah. That irritates and then they're like, And then they're like... We know it's not true. We just like to get you mad. And I'm like, I hate yeah, you. Yeah, I have, and my dad has things he does that to me. Yeah. <laughs> Time travel. Well, and they, they tried to do it this, when Nikon was over, and I was, I was strong enough to resist, but then Nikon got caught. Oh, and no. I was, like, trying to explain to them, like, relativity and actual time oh travel. God. Yeah, and, and then, then I was, was like, like, no, 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 it's, no. Nikon, you don't want to get in this hole. <laughs> don't, don't do they, it. Don't they do know it. that they're just, they're just being dumb. Don't take oh the bait. Oh, my God. Cursed. So anyways. Anyways. <sighs> it was often used in home furnishings as well. You can kind of assume some things, like curtains, drapes, yeah. cloth. That makes sense. Yeah. Right? Uh, well, they also would, um, you know, patterned wallpapers at the time already included green elements, but that was one of the issues that they didn't like about Shell's green was that their wallpaper was fading so quickly yeah. and turning brown. Especially mm. because during the Victorian period, in the home decor world, mm-hmm. It was very popular to monochrome things by having a room dedicated all to one color. Specifically, you've seen old, like, cabinetry. Yeah. And where it would be, like, cabinetry or shelves and molding on the floor and the ceiling. Floor to ceiling, it would be all the same one color. Interesting. That's a Victorian style of, like... It's actually gorgeous. I will say if it's Maybe done I'm correctly. Maybe I'm not picturing it well. Um, it is still about- it's it's considered Victorian, but people still do it today. It's sort of like like if you had built-in shelves mm-hmm. in the wall, and then you also had like the bottom would be like closed in. Oh, I was thinking like like everything in the room is this color. Like the furniture is this color. Kind of. Like, That's yeah. Victorian, like hardcore. They would have like the bed with the bedspread and like the curtains and like the drapery over top of the bed would all be like the same color. Like, that's a thing. Like in yeah. castles and stuff, they'd be like, oh, I'm staying in the pink room or the gold room. The red room. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. I think that's actually also where the green room, like the, the word the green room comes from. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. That's a bunch of information that doesn't matter. <laughs> but, uh,. Things that they, you know, they would also put it on the wallpapers, and because this color got so popular, it wasn't just elements of the wallpaper. It was the it was whole thing. The whole thing. Like, a fully green patterned oh, thing. And no. they would also do something called flocking, because mm. it was a powder, remember? No. You know what flocking is, right? Like, on a Christmas tree? Where, no, maybe. Where I you, know. like, make it look like... Like there's snow. There's snow oh. by oh, no. spraying the powder on it, oh. and it gives it that kind of textured feel. Yeah. So if, say, you had a 
a green background of like plain wallpaper and then they had a stencil laid over it and then they would spray they would flock with this powder to stick to it and then remove the stencil to create this raised textured beautiful pattern it's it's a good it's idea but using the wrong material but by doing that they were allowing the powder to slough off yeah more easily well and they're breathing it in while they're yes yeah yes imagine how much would be in the room just by hanging that wallpaper well and then when you're hanging it it would get all over you mm-hmm. oh god yeah <laughs> Oh, no. They would also put it in dye carpets with it. Mm. So, um, popularly, it was uh, it was in nurseries. Oh, no. Yeah. Green carpets uh, in your nursery. Well, and then if you're a child and you're, like, putting on your the ground. hands in your mouth after you crawl across the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one is safe. Super, super good. But it was... Really, really common in fashion and yeah. accessories, obviously. I made, like, a hodgepodge list of hats, feathers, ribbons, purses, umbrellas, whole-ass dresses, gloves. Very common. Mm. Those, like, collars that people would wear. Yeah. All of Green? those things. Yeah. Not, so, like, the ruffly ones, oh, but, like, okay. collars, you know, oh, okay. like, lace collars thinking, and like, stuff. I was like, the white... Fl- You're thinking of, like... The frills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, What? Green, <laughs> and it was especially popular in women's fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, but men, it was you know it was getting into men's fashion as well. But the opulence of women's fashion was like yeah a big deal at this time. So they they really put that shit on everything. Uh. Yeah. So let's talk about some some incidences of tragedy. There are a lot of stories. There's a lot of rumor stories that are like. Like, the hat thing where the people would yeah. go bald. Like, people say that. There isn't a specific person that that happened yeah, there's, to. There's a lot of those types of stories. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to touch upon a couple, like, specific cases okay. that are more well-known about this situation. Um, in 1859, there was an investigation done by Dr. I don't know how to pronounce his name because he has four names. Oh. So I'm going to call him Vernois. Okay. Or Maxime Vernois. Mm-hmm. Um, Le Français. Yes, he was French. So in 1859, um, artificial flowers were really common on bags, hats, like on a dress, mm-hmm. on a jacket. That like adornment was okay. really popular. I think the hats from... House Moving Castle that Sophie mm. makes. Yeah. Like, that mm-hmm. type of thing was very popular. And they'd have big feathers on them, and they yeah. would dye them green. Well, they would dye these flowers and leaves with this blue-green color. hmm Again, because it was so unique. Yeah. Right? Well... Bleh, 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 bleh. I lost my place. The workers at these fa- factories would dye the fabric then construct the items and arrange the fake flowers on the daily. That was their job, right? Different levels of that, of course. Um, Suddenly, all of a sudden, like, the staff started falling really ill. Yeah. And 
many workers were actually noted to have their hands dyed completely green. Oh my Yikes. gosh. Up up their arms. Yeah, like they're to their elbowing it so much. And yeah. down. Yeah. Green completely up. Oh my gosh. Um, specifically the male workers that were dying and doing more of the like physical labor, quote unquote, and yeah. then the women were more like doing the arrangements and stuff. Um, but the men were more often like doing the dyeing of the fabric yeah. um, while the pigment was still wet yeah, or still in its powder form, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so daily they were arranging, constructing, dyeing. They were all starting like to fall fatally ill and everyone was just like, the they fuck were is dying. going on? They, they were dying. Thank you, Nikon. <laughs> Thank you. Green dyed hands, like I said, their nails were turning yellow. Oh, which is yeah. just a sign that your body is dying. Yeah. Like, the the color yellow is just coming from, like, your body dying there. The, there were um, lesions and ulcers popping up all over these people's bodies, including on their genitalia. Ugh. Oh, no. Which, I'm going to say it, they people didn't wash their hands, so, you know, bathroom yep. breaks or a cheeky, like, fuck, or a cheeky touching themselves. Yeah. <laughs> They were putting arsenic on their peens. Yeah. <laughs> and they were, like, literally rubbing it in. Ugh. I'm, oh, not, yeah. I'm not trying to be gross. Uh. I'm just being honest. Yeah. Nonetheless. Men gonna do that. Yeah. Ulcers were most common on their legs, specifically around the base of your legs, mm-hmm. or up inner thighs, like, by your crotch, and then, of course, on your arms and hands. Yeah. Uh, they were also noted to have constant headaches and poor appetites, which were then resulting in a gaunt, anemic look, oh, no. then contributing to that weird color tone of your skin that comes from when you are anemic, Yeah. but also when you're poisoning yourself, Yeah. etc. So imagine like a factory full of people that all look like that. God. Like that oh, would no. be haunting. Well, also, yeah. like, how do you live with yourself running the factory and seeing your workers being, like, so yeah. ill? And well, so I feel like they'd be fine. This is what, the... But, I mean, like, but... Yeah, so this is if the If you're a normal human being and not a psychopath, how do you live with yourself? They didn't... <laughs> These are capitalists, Holly. Yes, you exactly. have to remember that the people who were working <laughs> in these places were... They, viewed as expendable well yeah i know so doesn't make people it better were dying in victorian factories over all kinds of shit children were i know it doesn't but make it better this one <laughs> just feels like good. obvious yeah this one feels incredibly obvious yeah especially because they already knew that it was poisonous but whatever these people are stupid so during the investigation, it was discovered that the men that were dyeing the fabric would spread the dye on to the fabric with their bare forearms, like I'm doing a motion for them. <sighs> no. So that it would spread evenly across, right? Yeah. Bare arms. But if, if you think about how they would have to hold the fabric taut, there would be nails. Yeah. Right? So not only were they doing that with their bare arms and that they had dyed green arms from this, but they also had many cuts from the nails open wounds bleeding Uh, yikes that they were exposing to the pigment direct like right into the bloodstream oh god and this was discovered in this investigation 
cursed. Mm. Mm. So the investigators, in, like, they were looking upon, like, factories full of men who just had, like, destroyed, like, jagged forearms. Oh, mm. no. Cursed. When moving to the cutting and shaping stage, though, mm, you'd think it would get better. No. The women working there, they worked with their bare hands to cut, arrange, and design the accessories that they were working on. Mm-hmm. Right? You know? You gotta get your fingies in there. More uh, sharp edges. It's important to note here that one-eighth of a teaspoon is considered a fatal dose of ar- arsenic. Oh. That's a very small amount. <laughs> Again, spreading with your whole-ass forearm. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Mm-hmm. This research done by Ver- Vernois, um, I think is how you pronounce it, or Vernois, um, had, it actually had the use of Paris green and its similar counterparts like shells green restricted in France and Germany. Good. This was a successful event. And remember, this was about 1859. Yeah. You know, probably within a couple years of that, that this was happening. Uh, so around that time, France and Germany restricted the usage of it. Mm-hmm. They learned something. Yes. From this situation. Yeah, unsurprisingly, the British government continued the use even though this was public investigation knowledge. Oh, Hmm. lovely. They were notifying people in the world that this information... Yeah, don't use it. Yeah, and that they were restricting it that they their government was making that decision and britain was like i think we like to be fancy and we like suffering i think we like green and (laughs) screw you (laughs) a very famous case is that of matilda schurer i think is how you pronounce her name uh this occurred in britain uh this was in 1861 so after the investigation Mm -mm. lovely she was an artificial flower maker from London who died, known, M- Matilda. Yeah. And it was ruled as an accidental poisoning, despite huge evidence that she was, like, experiencing prolonged exposure to arsenic. And evidence that they brought to this was Vernois's yeah. investigation and the subsequent banning and restriction. And wait, so she worked in like a factory. It wasn't like a big factory, but, but yeah. like, like she worked for someone yes. doing, and they were like, "Oh, it was an accident." Mm-hmm. What yeah. losers! So, mm-hmm. um, remember how I mentioned flocking? Yeah, that was a similar method used for these flowers as well to kind of give it a textured look. Yeah, and what she would do is she would have a, I don't know exactly like how she did it. But she would blow with her own breath. No. The powder onto her flowers to coat them. Yeah. With it in like a natural way. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, she's holding her mouth up to it. And then you have to breathe in after you yeah. blow out. You have to take a breath in. Yeah. And then exhale, and then have to take another breath in while it's already airborne in the room that you are. Doing that in. So she was like, that was what she was doing. Yeah. She had fully green eyes. Oh my gosh. Complete with the whites of her eyes. They were dyed green. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, she often threw up gobs of green vomit as well. Oh, no. And she had ulcers, like, covering her face. Oh, no. By the end of it. Like, when she died. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's fucking heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. I don't have a ton of info about her, but that's a very, very, very commonly known death of Matilda Schurer. She was 19. Oh, no. When she died. I mean, 19 back then. But still. Is like 30 now, but still. Mm -hmm. Mm. So sad. I hate that. I know. Mm -hmm. To think about, like, it wouldn't even take that long for her to be, like, to die from that much poisoning. But for her to have fully green eyes, be throwing up, and have ulcers all over her face, yeah, she, that that's a long, that's a lot of exposure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you're sitting there, like, breathing it in mm-hmm. every single day, multiple times a day, mm-hmm. because you're doing, like, an assembly line work of flowers, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. I don't know the exact date of this next one, but it's pre-1860, so before roughly before when that investigation was incredibly public at least yeah queen victoria almost fell victim to arsenic poisoning oh yeah so um a foreign dignitary that stayed at her palace at one point you know he stayed in the green room Mm. and after a few days of staying there he developed a continuous sore throat and had extreme fatigue problems yeah um he was falling ill in mysterious ways quote-unquote Um, And he actually asked her to remove the wallpaper because he was from out of the country. And so he knew. He knew. Yeah. He knew. As soon as she heard this, she had it removed immediately. Of course. Of course she did. Yeah. But... Of course she did. Of course she had it removed and then didn't ban it. Yeah. So she listened to him. She had it promptly removed. um, And this was only a few years after she had been painted in a beautiful green gown. A famous painting you can still see today mm-hmm. of her with her arsenic green. Like, it's kind of like a sash dress thing. Yeah. That is arsenic. That oh she posed gosh. for an extended period of time to get that painting done. Oh, yikes. Isn't that wild? Oh, no. So think about her, like, I mean, gross that she didn't ban it after this, but. Yeah. Think about how she would feel being like oh shit i had that i on just my body. did that yeah. like that was just and i'm sure that wasn't the only time she no, wore it of course not. but that's a very famous instance that we have evidence of now yeah it's interesting to think about you know yeah so mm-hmm. yeah it was around 1857 that they started researching it in britain oh my gosh yeah researching the poisonings happening mm. so close enough right so in a british medical journal it was a killing joke that they often made and i did show a little bit of this to holly already because i couldn't stand it it was like so exciting to me uh to quote them it said well may the fascinating wearer of it be called a killing creature talking about women she actually carries it in her skirt why is this phrase so weird okay she actually care carries in her skirts poison enough to slay the whole of the admirers she may meet within a half a dozen ballrooms and that is most likely true (laughs) oh no (laughs) oh i hate that (laughs) this medical journal and other medical journals were poking fun at this poison that was just everywhere 
socially popularized. Yeah. And they were poking fun at it in a way to bring awareness. And it did kind of work, but it didn't take, obviously, as quickly as in France and in Germany when they just straight up restricted it. Yeah. Right. In kind of a a similar light tone, there were um, these cartoons that they (laughs) were producing, and they're very famous cartoons of skeletons in very, very decadent dresses luring men, skeletons as well, in their fancy outfits as well, Mm -hmm. and dancing together, but they're always cloaked in this, like, skeleton. Yeah. Like, it's, it's seeping with, like, satire. Yeah. In the sense that they're, like, a dead man walking. Yeah. And it's, like, so fucking funny. <laughs> and the art, it's, like, really cool. I, I'm gonna post one on the Instagram, my favorite yeah. one, where it's, uh, a quote-unquote, a male skeleton. Yeah. Whatever. It's just because he's wearing a suit. It could be, you know, a very butch a handsome lesbian. lesbian. Yeah. Approaching a quote-unquote woman skeleton mm-hmm. in her beautiful gown and asking to dance. Yeah. And it's just, like, such an amazing picture. It is a good one. It's so good. Like, I want it on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, propaganda has always been a form of spreading knowledge whether or not it was whether it's true or not or not yeah (laughs) but this was a form of propaganda yeah it's just kind of interesting to think about like that was the method they went with yeah and that's still a method we use today that that that's true it's just cloaked in social media yeah we don't need to talk about it i'm almost done okay i'm just gonna talk about two interesting things now that are just kind of related to this so there is a book that I mentioned earlier from that article. Mm-hmm. The article thus titled, How a Library Handles a Rare and Deadly Book of Wallpaper Samples. Oh, yep. From Atlas Obscura. So, I'm going to try to find my note. Shadows from the Walls of Death is a book on display in the National Library of Medicine. Wow. And it is a great representation of the use of arsenic in pigmentation. This book was Dr. Robert M. Kedzie's passion project against the use of arsenic in people's homes from way back when. Mm -hmm. He argued that these wallpapers shed microscopic dust particles, obviously, which then, when inhaled, would cause both sudden issues as well as chronic poisoning problems. Yeah. He was one of the original researchers in the UK that really put out a very strong stance on this with this book, which I just think is really interesting. He was saying, you know, like, this issue's happening everywhere, you're inhaling it, it's chronic and it's instantaneous, you Mm -hmm. can't be doing this to yourselves. People often who didn't have the scientific background couldn't pinpoint where these things were coming from, especially if they weren't physically turning green, if they were having small exposures from staying at a friend's house who has that wallpaper, or wearing a dress one time for one fancy event, etc. Like if you just like have some headaches every once in a while, you know. Yeah, especially back then when they were like, oh, I'm just having a, I'm just 
I'm just have to go lay down. I'm not feeling well today. You know, yeah. like back then when it was like, I'm feeling faint. You know, like yeah. over like I I spoke to you and now you're upset. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <Me>. yeah. <laughs> This book is 22 by 30 inches. It's pretty big. Okay. Right? It it contains over 100 samples of historic wallpapers, but you cannot touch this book, obviously. Yeah. Um, It's assumed that around 65% of all wallpaper from the 19th century contained arsenic. That's so much. So much wallpaper. Oh, And wallpaper is dope. Yeah. So I get it. They were hanging that shit up. I love the color green. I would have put it up in my house back then. I I would have been dead as hell. (laughs) Actually, I probably would have been poor Matilda. Yeah. Because I'm definitely not. (laughs) Ooh. (sighs) Let's see. The quote in the book actually, at the beginning, Kedzie writes that many people were living in, quote, air loaded with the breath of death. Oh. Which I think is very spicy. And that's why he named it Shadows from the Walls of Death. Like, he was laying it on thick. Yeah. And I I love the morbid energy coming from, you know, Victorian England. Oh, yeah. Good good for them. There are only four of the 100 created books remaining. Oh. So others exist out there, but we have one in the United States, at least that I know about. Yeah. Um, They all exist in sealed plastic slips. Like slip covers, like Pokemon cards, <laughs> although they're sealed on all ends, um, so they can be handled. You can look at the book. Um, yeah. You can thumb through and actually, which I think would be really actually cool. Yeah. Totally aside from the poisoning situation, I would I would look at a book of historic wallpaper. That sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, you can handle it gently and in limited time periods yeah um even though it's in the plastic covers they still limit it because they're just not they're not quite sure just in case um so curious (laughs) patrons can look at this book um before they covered it in the plastic though they only allowed you to remove it from a green box that they had it in and they would give you gloves to wear and you could handle it for short periods of time oh my god that's how they used to let people look at it i love the green box i know right it's so (laughs) funny (laughs) um so i just have one little comment I wanted to put in here. This was, I think, noted on two different articles. For sure it was in Uncanny Magazine. Mm-hmm. It was a really interesting article that I read um, on there. And they talked about how green has always had a very interesting history as far as, you know, colors have meaning. Yeah. Especially in the Victorian period. Oh, yeah. Colors especially like colored flowers like yeah. that like there's that whole book of like the language of flowers that you can get yeah that talks about the victorian meanings of flowers and how you would like give a flower that was to this say color specific things yeah like yeah. it was very specific which flowers you put together what color they were what type of flower like all of that the color green has of course always had kind of a negative connotation but a lot of what we i think now associate with the color green comes back to this tragic Mm. time where green was associated with death and dying and just wait okay the representation of villainy and malice yeah think of all the disney villains 
that their color is green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's also interesting too because if you were to just be like, "Holly, what do you associate with green?" I'd be like, "Life." Exactly. And <laughs> because now we are entering we are entering this amazing pastoral renaissance. <laughs> that's that's kind of true. Like all of the cottage core stuff. And yes. Like, yeah. And I'm so here for the pastoral energy yeah. without the without the <laughs> pastoral meaning like completely like just like nature that not related to pastor as in like the church church gross but like or like pastoral meaning like nature going out in peaceful yeah peaceful nature being one with your spirit and yeah. things like well, that well and i think it's fair to mention too that that pastoral renaissance is mostly happening within the queer community <laughs> that is accurate because i do have straight people in my life and they do not have that same no that same energy that's the that's the like in their like in their circles it's not the same no it's not the same but everybody knows that disney villains the color is always green that's and that's i think the perfect example of how that has seeped into us yeah because snow white what that movie came out in the 50s 40s I don't know. A long time ago. Yeah. And what color was represented through the queen? Green. Oh, yeah, that's right. And that's only, you know, 60, 70 years that's from true. when they discovered that that factory was killing people. Yeah, that's true. You have to remember that Walt Disney was alive. What, he was born in, like, the very, very beginning of the 1900s. I have no idea, to be completely honest. I know honest. his birthday is November 5th. That's super weird about me. I just know this. <laughs> He's a Scorpio. I have always known. <laughs> Anyways, so it's just kind of interesting, but you can also compare lots of villainy and non-Disney related to the color green. It's just very common. Jealousy, green with envy. Yeah. It's It tends to have a negative context. Yeah. And it is argued socially that that does come a little bit from this situation and how green in those propaganda po- like postings that they used to put out was considered death, deathly. A death sentence by green. So, uh, die by die. Die by die. <laughs> die, die, die. That'll be all from me today. <laughs> amazing that was um i i feel as if i need to go and like test everything that i have that's green but i know that that was from so long ago. i know i literally have green curtains over there i know and a green pillow and a green i have a green couch i (laughs) (laughs) this pillow is green that thing is green it's like my favorite color i have green everything yeah green is just wearing a green cardigan right now (laughs) yeah it's a good color it's a great color it is i mean i i get it but also stop also, though, I feel like nowadays it's less of a bluey green that people are into, at least the pastoral queers. That's It's more true. of a, like, earthy green. Mm. It's that shells green. It's that brown green. Yeah, that's true. Unless you're me. No, no but yours is, yours is well, in blue. Well, my couch is... It's not blue-green, Holly. Well, no, it's not blue-green, but it's, like, the jewel-tone green. It is jewel-tone. But this is still considered jewel-tone, Holly. Yeah. It's just not blue. Yeah. I'm a jewel tone person. I love jewel tones. They're Everything I own is jewel tone. I love jewel tones. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to round it back into part two. 
Yes, part two will be my episode um, where I will be talking about the shipwreck of the Batavia or yes. Batavia or Batavia. Who knows? <laughs> the one that starts with a B. Yeah, or Batavia. It could be. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm not going to lie to you all. I did not look up pronunciations, and Holy. I regret that currently. It, it, so. It's fine. So, no big deal, but we'll see you in part two for yes, that. Yes, we'll see you in part um, two. Should we say our usual things? Um, we will say our usual things at the end of part two. Sounds good. <laughs>